is waiting on fries. That you don't get it? You don't, what do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries, but all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed and then you're it's like, ready to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back 10 minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> We're like 55 episodes deep. We're doing a lot of business over here. We're mixing down. We're doing the recording. We're talking about these serious topics that you're utilizing and putting back into your restaurants. We're having crazy interviews with awesome businesses that have proven themselves to be in existence for a long time. Some newer, some older ones, but you know them. And we're like, we're running all over to do these things and making it happen. So what am I saying? Just click over to patreon.com slash waiting on fries subscribe onto a tier. I actually subscribed onto a tier, so obviously you're not alone here. Take thank my you, Thank you for being our first subscriber. Thank you. You know, you, well, listen, you have all these people that are always like, hey, donate to this charity for my birthday. Donate to your own goddamn charity <laughs> first before you ask other people to, because that's how you prove conviction, right? You're, you're not wrong. So patreon.com slash waiting on fries, help get us in the black. With all the listeners that we have, all we need is everybody to just sign on to the Patreon one time, and we'd actually be back in the black. Let's go. That's crazy. So, just you, we've had this conversation now before about the Grubhub situation and them hijacking your restaurant's website or one that you didn't have actually uh, locked in. Not even hijacking. They created a fraudulent website in Smokehouse's name. And I'm highly offended. I'm highly, highly, well, don't forget about offended. (laughs) And and it wasn't like, it, it wasn't like the old, like, Netflix bought blockbuster.com and then just put a smiley face that redirects back to Netflix. It nah. wasn't that kind of deal where it was they like they created a, a fake smokehouse, portrayed us to be the type to serve seated buns. So so what really happened? You go onto this website, let's just recap. <laughs> that was here. the issue. That, that did, was uh, the issue. That was the main like, issue. Come on, no. We don't so, do that. All right, recap as we mentioned in an earlier episode, uh, AJ came across an issue with someone reading a website that wasn't accurate. We looked it up, smokehouse.tailgategrill.com which is not our website, it was now owned by Grubhub. And you go to that website, and it had a Grubhub portal on it, and you touch anything on it, it sends you to Grubhub, and they even had a fake phone number that would, um, you know, it said, if you'd like to make an order, press 1, and then it would direct you to our phone number. So we would not know, you know, it would seem as if they were calling us from dialing our phone number, but they were not. Uh, And then Grubhub was using that, which we felt was predatory uh, business tactics to um, increase or inflate their commission numbers off the business that we're doing at the store. So obviously Mike and I were taken aback at first. You want to call it offended. We were angered, frustrated. We pulled ourselves off of Grubhub right away, canceled the account, you know, knocked everything down that had to do with that, you know, whatever. A couple weeks later, Mike forwards me this article that he comes across uh, what was what did I say it was on Grub Street? Grub Street, yeah. So it's a Grub Street article that shows that, you know, and we're not surprised by this. I'm sure Smokehouse wasn't the only targeted restaurant that Grubhub decided to do that. Um, but it's an article basically talking about the third-party delivery boom and why it may or may not go bust in the next year. And then you scroll down in that, and it addresses that very scenario that we were talking about where Grubhub is now taking a lot of heat for doing this a lot of times and it's you know becoming a, a bigger a bigger picture. How many times do they talk about it in the article? Um, so in the article it references that Grubhub has made 23,000 um, fake websites 
23,000. And they collect a commission off of every call that comes through one of those fake websites. Yeah, I'm looking for the exact line now. I, I scrolled past it by accident. Wild. Well, while you're looking at that, I, I kind of want to like sit on the other end and kind of be pro this in some way. Not necessarily, but... Go for it. Make I, your I just, argument. Uh, you know, I was listening to the DoorDash Guy Raz episode, um, which is an awesome show in, in its own. You're talking about How I Built This? How, how I Built This, correct. Yeah. And uh, listening to that DoorDash episode and listening to the founders of DoorDash speak about, you know, how they kind of But they maneuvered. admittedly made it... They, they came out and admittedly said it was a mistake to handle themselves that way. Well, because they know for a PR perspective that, yes, it's not a great look. However, to get their business launched and going, they wound up hijacking a handful of different websites. And all so, of the websites but that's that not have. necessarily, they didn't do it this way. So I know what you're talking about. And at the same point, we were upset when DoorDash came into the market. They did yeah. the same thing where they would basically take Just our list web, your menu. They would go. Website. Yeah, they went to our website and they would basically screenshot or whatever, take our menu and then list it on the DoorDash website. Right. Um, but they weren't charging us a commission. They were just facilitating orders, right? For a okay. transaction. Because they wanted as many people in the area to download the app, app as possible. Yeah. So if you went on DoorDash and ordered, what they were doing at that point, which is this is why the difference was, they were ma- putting our menu on, taking an order from the customer, and charging them based on the prices that were listed on the menu that they, that they, that they stole from us, right? Yeah. And then they would call the restaurant and order it and then pay for it. Right. So if they made a error on the price and our prices were higher, you know, they lose money. They lose money because they pay us for it. Right. We don't even know. The only reason I figured it out because the DoorDash guy, like all dressed in DoorDash, came and pick up the order, you know, and it was already paid for. Yeah. So you know, who knows the difference? As far as I'm, if if he's not dressed as DoorDash, as far as I know, it's just be. a guy picking up an order. I don't know where he's going. Yeah. So the issues with with that was one. It was more of how they're representing the brand. We don't have the control of what they are. What they do. What they're doing. And yeah. they're, they're representing like a partnership that's not really a partnership because we don't know where they're on their website. Right. But they're not translating that into losses, right? Mm. Because we're not paying a commission to them. They just, I, I still don't agree with the way they did it, but they yeah. didn't turn around and hammer us for a, a commission after. Right. If, you know, if they messed it up, they, they took the loss. My, again, my problem was with the brand. They weren't have. They didn't have an accurate menu displayed. They didn't update it as quick as we updated it in house. And there's also no control over the drivers. They're not like vetted or anything. Right. Like that. And Those there's no control. And if someone would end up calling here saying I ordered on DoorDash, what happened? I, what? Like I, I don't I even know. know you had a DoorDash. And yeah. that's the problem is that we need to know who's partnering with us and delivering the food. So if someone does call and has an issue, you know we know you which know way to, to direct go. it. Yeah, right. For sure. What Grubhub was doing is actually charging us that, you know, they're 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 making a website based off of our name. Like DoorDash didn't make smokehousetailgategrill.com. Right, right. Right. They just put it on the DoorDash site so that they could have as many options as possible because they, they weren't needed, hijacking your clientele. Yeah, they yeah. needed to they needed to compete in the third party delivery market. Uber was first, Scrubhub was obviously a bigger thing and DoorDash needed to get as many people as possible. So if they didn't have enough restaurants signed up and that was their problem because DoorDash comes third, you already have Uber, you already have Grubhub, and you're right. like, they're you're like, oh, looking. sign up for yeah. DoorDash. I'm like, I don't want another one of these things, you know? Like, so they were already at a disadvantage. So the only reason they, they could build their customer base it's they had everybody. was to do something like that and just yeah. say like, you know what, screw it. We'll just put everybody on our site. We'll pay the restaurants. They don't have to pay us or whatever, but they can build their customer base. And then they can turn around in a couple of years and say, look at all the people using DoorDash. Right. And now maybe make a partnership with that restaurant. Again, I didn't agree with it, but they weren't, it wasn't 
It wasn't predatory, it wasn't predatory, as, predatory. as this is, right? Yeah. It's still like whatever. Grubhub took your name, said smokehousetailgategrill.com. You know, used SEO tactics like we've talked before to um, facilitate that. And then basically steered, took, took guests that were looking for your brand and took them in the wrong direction, took them to their site it. and then charged you for it. <laughs> so, um, so basically it says, listing businesses without consent has been critical to plat the platform's expansion. And these practices are one way the companies drive up sales. Grubhub alone made 23,000 websites that appeared to be operated. And that's a keyword, appeared to be operated by restaurant owners. Right. Right. That's the keyword. It didn't. It's a, mis it's a misconception. It's, yeah. Appeared to be operated by restaurant owners and listed alternative phone numbers that were created by Grubhub. Anytime a call is made to one of those numbers, even if it's just to ask a question about dine-in service, Grubhub gets a commission. That's so grimy. Right? So, th I mean, that's the real issue with it. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, that's 100% predatory and yeah. un unethical, morally wrong, like however you want to, however you want to paint it. There's a big difference between what DoorDash was doing to try to get in the market and then what Grubhub is doing to take advantage of the market that they're in. Uh, when you talk about jumping into a market where you don't really have ground either, like you're looking at a lot of these guerrilla type tactics that don't really cost you that much money, but can give you a, a large return on investment. And I'm sure that they looked at all the different areas of this and said, hey, this can be something that starts generating funds. And they start small. They probably buy 20 websites, 25, maybe, you know, 50, 100, get them set up. And then once they see that start working, they've already made back the domain fees. Right. I mean, obviously, it's worth it for them uh, financially, but that's that's not the issue. Well, I, I'm just I'm just speaking at it from the biz their business sense, right? That's all I'm looking at it from. I'm not saying it's necessarily right. I'm not saying it's necessarily well it's wrong, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to fight either direction. I'm just stating some some things here, okay? Um, now, with this being said, though, just. Then you further said that there's some legislation that's already being put together that says you can't do this? Right. So, like we've been saying, obviously, restaurants have been complaining about the third-party dependency basically since its inception, right? And this article really is talking about is the third-party delivery thing a thing or is it a product of the last year, right? Because we saw the their numbers boom. Um, I don't want to scroll too past too far past what I want to read right now, but they, in the article, quoted somewhere in the billions, like tens of billions of dollars in revenue over third-party apps over, over, the, the last over the last year in the country, which was something like 200% growth in that, in that market, in that delivery market. And then those companies are positioning as if, look at the growth in our market. And a lot of people, you know, on, that are breaking down the economics of the whole thing are saying, yeah, but that was really a feature of everybody was stuck in their house. They had to go somewhere. And now you're going to see that level kind of, you're going to see that number kind of level off um, and, and readjust into like a real number. And a lot of those, those, those sales are going to go. They're going to crash down, right? Because now we're open again. People are going back into restaurants. The takeout is not nearly as high. While people, there are, is a segment of a market that wasn't doing delivery before that now is open to it. So that it won't drop all the way down, but it's not going to be. For half, of, the, half of this year, it was 100% takeout was your only option, you know? Exactly. So the, that, that changes everything. We've, we've said this before where habit, we form habits. Right. People form habits. And the convenience of doing delivery through third party, 
is awesome for a lot of people. I don't necessarily believe in that. I'm somebody that hops in the truck and I go get my shit because I got two legs and I refuse to go through like a Starbucks drive-through. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I I do also, things. Starbucks drive-through take way longer. Yeah, you ever yeah, do correct. Just break down the logistics of it. If you pull up to a drive-through, you sit in the drive-through for forty-five minutes. You can run in and get out, get your shit in like ten correct. seconds. Correct. So I'm on, I'm on that side of things where I don't necessarily use third party. Once in a while, yes, I do because I, sometimes I'm it's the like most a, convenient option. Sometimes. Well, when I was stuck in quarantine, I did. Yeah. And I actually, I actually felt t- I ordered, I ordered uh, wings from Blind Rhino, uh. right? And I felt really bad. Like I wanted to text Casey after and be like, I'm really sorry that I didn't just come pick it up, but I can't leave. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sh- I'm a shitbag person. Okay? I'm sorry, bro. I'm very well. He's in quarantine, you know. But but the thing is, though, we, I deleted the app from my phone. I was yeah. Like never again. We work on these habits, and they're created, you know, just the way things work. You start doing something once, you're gonna do it again. If you go have a new meal at a place one day, you might go back to that place in the next two days again because you start creating these habits until you tire them out and you're sick of them. So what you're saying here with the delivery of the third app, the third party apps, is that. People have kind of been trained to be able to use these throughout the whole pandemic. 100%. Yes, all-time yeah. highs as and far as ordering. And they're predatory, and they take advantage of people's emotions and feeling. And then here's the other thing is they position themselves the whole year as help help local, you know, support local yep. restaurants, order local, blah, 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 right? But then they're preying on those same local restaurants. So they, they make you feel like, like you're, you're doing the right thing. Yeah, by, like you're doing yeah. the right thing by ordering from Grubhub and supporting your local restaurant. But in reality, you could just call the restaurant and pick up the food, and not, they wouldn't have to give twenty percent to Grubhub, and Grubhub wouldn't have the advantage to, you know, prey on the on the small business, etc. And then you have Uber going out and collecting donations. You know, they tag it on your, you know, they were doing it for a while where. You, you check out on donation, Uber and it yeah. says donate to your you know donate to your favorite restaurant and that looked all well and good like oh I'm helping the restaurant and then Uber collects all that donations and donates it and it looks like Uber's donating millions of dollars and it becomes a tax loophole so uh, they can write correct. off we donated and then they can say in the public Uber donated you know a hundred million dollars to small restaurants over the year no they didn't you did <laughs> you gave Uber money correct. you donated to restaurants then yeah. they wrote it off. And they pretended they were the you know the people that were donating to the to the money, and yeah. all they did was facilitate your donation, which is not it's not lost, right? No, like that's business. The you know the business did get a did get something from Uber, you know if they didn't take a thirty percent rake on the donation too, who knows, right? But but they positioned themselves to be oh we're helping small business when you're not you're helping yourselves. Yeah. You got a two hundred two hundred million dollar tax write off for your. Chari- you know, a charity donation that you took from your your uh, users. With with that said, I never ever round up at Stop and Shop. I'm not giving you the money so <laughs> that way thing. you can yeah. give it and get a tax break. Yeah. To me, that doesn't make any sense. If you want to donate it, just go right to the source and donate it. Don't, don't give somebody else. I, I, I fully agree with that in so many different ways. So, I want my money to go as far as possible when it comes to a donation. So to follow up, it says, for years, restaurant owners have complained about the apps listing their businesses without consent, creating fake websites, appeared really wrong my business. Other practices, other practices critics have called predatory. Doing something about these practices may feel like a hopeless task. But there are some momentum nationwide to tackle these practices, and here's the big stuff. Uh, these practices are now illegal in California as of January and may soon be illegal in Illinois, where State Senator Melinda Bush introduced the Fair Food Delivery Act, which would make these practices illegal and fine companies $1,000 per violation per day. 
It would also allow restaurants to recover damages, which is big. So it gives, it gives us the right to go after these companies money for losses. And then that bill is passed through the state Senate and is awaiting vote in the House. That's in Illinois. And then we have similar bills that have been introduced in Rhode Island and New York. So that, that's the momentum that we're looking for to kind of go back towards these companies and, and end these practices. And the real momentum we need is for everybody to just stop using third-party apps. Stop using them, yeah. Just delete them from your phone. Find your favorite restaurant. Everybody has online ordering now. One of the, one of the uh, advantages from the last year is you had to figure out how to do your own online ordering. I mean, I come home sometimes, though, and, like, I find Kate on the couch, and when I open the door, she's just smiling at me with this evil smirk on, and she's because got, food's like... on the way? Well, she's got, like, a truly in one hand, and then there's, like, I don't know, like, a bean burrito in the other hand, and I was like, did you not only just get Drizzly, but did you also just get, like, <laughs> delivery through one of these services, too, right now? Like, what is going on in this house? Can we have a conversation here? What's Drizzly? Grizzly is the one for alcohol, alcohol delivery. delivery. You know, yeah, that, but this is the thing, I mean, though. That, I mean, I don't know. I kind of support that one. There's nothing wrong with that. I feel He's, like that one's maybe a little safer because you yeah. don't have to go drink and drive. I mean, uh, sure, fair. <laughs> but uh, without without even looking at it from that perspective, like, these guys are still just marking up the prices anyway. For sure. And they're taking it from the local for liquor sure. store. All the third parties are taking someone, else, some, someone else's business and, you know, making money off their backs. Yes. And that's what it is. And if people people need to understand, if you're going on Uber, you're going on Grubhub, you're going on DoorDash, you're going on Drizzly or whatever it is, you're not helping the end business. You're facilitating a practice of third-party predatory business tactics. And the, the retail businesses need to come to the realization that they don't need the third-party apps. We, we've all been uh, fed this belief that without, without being on Uber, without Grubhub, you're gonna lose what they're calling incremental sales. When they were introduced, they were, or what they would call were incremental sales, right? They were supposed to be sales that didn't cost you any more money, that would just be like icing on the top, right? You're doing your business, you're already there, we're gonna bring you some extra business you wouldn't have got anyway. It's supposed to be icing on the top. And it's become now where businesses think, I need the Grubhub orders, I need the Uber orders, I need, I need this revenue to come in. You don't. You don't need it. They need you. Everybody should be off of them. Dump your third-party apps. Get your own online ordering. Do it yourself. Make the money. And if you're a user of the third-party apps, delete it from your phone and call your restaurant. So what's what's the movement called? We need a hashtag for the people to get All behind. Right, let's think of one right now. I don't have one. I, don't I, th have I thought you had one. <laughs> you were so ramped up, I thought you had one. Like uh, later on, people are gonna be going through social media and seeing all these hashtags and like full blown Justin's the face of like Braveheart coming down the I'm hill. I'm for it. I'm for it. Let's let's go. All right, so we got to figure out this hashtag. Um, if if you're looking to make donations and you are not trying to just round up and have money go somewhere else, take a second and look at Cortland's Connection, which is a not for profit. A friend of mine that when we grew up, he actually died of an overdose. His parents put together a not-for-profit that helps kids that are coming out of rehab get into halfway houses and stay there for long enough to make sure that they can get sober and have a second chance. You want to talk about funding organizations, like go fund one where the cash actually goes somewhere and helps somebody, not just necessarily rounding up and donating somewhere where half of that goes straight to marketing campaigns. You know what I mean? Also, on that note, we've got another problem at hand. You mean the uh, scheduling issues? Yeah, 
I it's so crazy to me. Every time you show up to work, somebody's got another problem. The problems just don't ever stop when you're that's on a, the work side. That's a front of house thing where you have all those problems. I mean, everybody it, complains in the front of house. You don't it, have those problems in the back house. What is everybody complaining about? We've got jobs. We're out here. We're working hard, and then. Next thing you know, somebody gets a shitty schedule and they go, well, I'm not deserving of this schedule. Why am I being taken off this or this or this? You know, whatever those thises are, it's some section, maybe. It's some specific day. It's some area of the job. And when you see this happen, you start, <laughs> well, when you see it happen, <laughs> you know exactly why it's happening. Yeah. And you're like, hey, Chris, you just got taken off that because you do this all the time. So in looking at people that are just so lost sometimes as far as why they're being taken off the schedules or why things are changing, my, my question is, what can you do to maybe put yourself in a position where you're always getting the best sections, always getting the best schedule? And best is a quote-unquote word, I think, right? Maybe as a bartender, you want to work Friday night, you want to yeah. work Saturday night. Maybe you want to work Monday night because a lot of times that could be a secret cash day. And if you get taken off those shifts, you're angry. So, uh, you know, in looking at something like this, just when you're scheduling people to, to be in positions, like, you know who has the strongest arms in the game. You're putting them into a specific section, a specific time period. So that way the restaurant can flow fluidly, no? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of things that you look into. Um, the number one thing is sales. Right, you know who your who your best earners are, and you want to flex your best earners on your highest margin times, right? So if Friday night you have the most covers, then you want your best sales, whoever drives the most sales, right? You want that server on to see as many covers as possible. Some some people might have this thought that you want to kind of do that differently, where you're going to have yeah, the covers. The you have the covers, so you know you don't need to put your best salesperson on the max cover time because you know those sales are coming in anyway. Right. So you're like, oh, Friday night, there's a lot of people, they're gonna be drinking anyway. I don't need to put the best salesperson on that night. I want to put my better salespeople on Wednesday because they can generate those sales. It's incorrect. It's just incorrect. You know you're gonna have 200 covers. You want your best salesperson to see as many people as possible to so maximize maximize all all yeah. those sales. Well, furthermore, make sure they come back again because they've had a great time. Well, that's the sale. This is the sales part because not necessarily your best salesperson may not be the best service, service yeah. right? So this is this is all things. Usually they probably are, but there are times where someone is does well with driving sales, but not not necessarily the best the best service. So that's the second part of it, right? When you have uh, guest reviews or something like that, like we get the surveys from the reservation system that people can fill out, and it tells them who their server was, and it tells them. You know, they ask them a couple of questions and everybody gets a rating or something like that. Or just in-house, you can walk around. Like I walk around every night and I talk to every table I can and I get guest feedback and some guests will say, oh, so-and-so was, you know, wonderful tonight. She was, uh, you know, she did this or he did this or, you know, whatever. So you know who's who who's the one that consistently is yes, providing that service feedback. because yeah. you hear their name the most from your guests or you see it on the surveys. So that's that's the second part. Or and on the Yelp reviews, they're showing up a lot. Or on the Yelp, no one looks at Yelp anymore. <laughs> Honestly, no one really looks at Yelp. Hey anymore. man, I, like, I, I still hear people talking about Yelp. Yeah, it's but it's way down. It's, it's way down, down, but yeah, it's, it's still down. there. It exists. So, and then the third thing is um, mistakes, right? Who's the most efficient? Efficiency, because there are some people that just don't 
don't pay attention. Right. You know, and they're always like, oh, I forgot the guy wanted, you know, mac and cheese and not fries, you know, and then you have to remake a side or something like that. Then they're or, waiting on fries. Yeah, they're waiting on fries. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. And then, you know, or, you know, just forgot to take a temperature on whatever. And, you know, you, again, as a, if you're managing correctly, you know who's on top of their shit and who's, yeah. seems to have, you know, the most questions and stuff like that. So those are the three things you want to gauge on. As far as sections go, if you're setting up your restaurant correctly, the section shouldn't matter. Everybody should see the same amount of people, right? Like you could have a section full of two tops or you say, oh, well, I don't want that section because you get all four tops and six tops, right? But maybe there's three tables in that section and you have eight two tops, you know, but you want, it's the same amount of covers. You know, that's, that's really what you want. Each section, you want every server to see the same amount of people. Otherwise someone's overweighted and then, right. then they're not able to maximize the three areas we just spoke about. Well, but arguably too, there's some people that can't handle the same amount of covers as somebody else that can maybe cover still a handful more than Well, but then everyone. you get into switching shifts around, right? So So do you have like an A squad versus a B squad? Oh right now we only have one squad. Uh. So <laughs> we're you know, I don't have we don't there's not enough people coming to fill but these ideally, jobs. But ideally. I you know, ideally you would be like, Yeah, this is you know, A team, B I don't tell them, no. you know, like who's A team, B team. They know. You know, but whatever. But usually they, it's they walk in and they clock in and he just slaps an A or a B <laughs> on their shoulder. Usually it's uh like if you're new, you're probably on the B team yeah. until you. So that's you that's what Jay and I were talking yeah, about. Like you use a B team to train up your people to get to the A squad. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's that should be how it works. You shouldn't have people that have been there long enough for it to be on the A team and still be there, yeah. right? Because if a certain amount of time, you either get it, you don't get it. You don't want to carry a B. Correct. Forever, you know, like B is kind of entry, and and now I'm calling them B's and A's because <laughs> that's just the point of year. But yeah. that's kind of like you start, you're on the B squad, you move yourself up to the A squad. You, your whole team should be an A squad. Yes. If the person who's on the B can't get up to A, then you got to remove them and put a new B that's going to get up to A. You know, I, I don't know. Does that at some point maybe harm you if your entire team's an A team? They're here to make money for the most part, I would think. Where you need the 80-20 rule a little bit because you need the 20% of the people well, that don't really care. They're just showing up. They're filling a bench roll kind you of. You should always have like a rotation going though. Like, right? Or the rotation of? It, this is not a, it, when we're talking about front of house servers, usually is, you know, about a year is your benchmark for an employee, right? Like most people don't stay at the same restaurant in front of house for more than a year. It's just the nature of the business. So you should have like a, you should always be having new new servers coming in yeah especially if they're sticking around they should be being promoted yeah. and moving up to older servers bars are moving on else. either you know go into the bar or maybe they move to a different restaurant or maybe they move to a different career this is usually the nature of of the industry so you should kind of have that we're our restaurant's kind of weird actually because we have a lot of like we have four some very year, high retention four, <laughs> four year service staff that don't want to leave which i guess is a testament they like it here i don't know but I was I was going to actually say that as you said a year and I lifted an eyebrow and I thought to myself the majority of everyone that's working for Smokehouse has been here for like nine years <laughs> like like it, that's what it really feels like though and it to not see a turnover we is have huge. one employee that's on her fifth year one that's on her fourth just talking about service staff so five four three hmm? out of the five and then the other two are under a year. Oh, and then a couple of bartenders under a year. So when I go into any place, I want to make sure that I'm getting the best schedule. Uh, like years back after having enough on my resume, sitting with the manager and her saying, well, why should you come in here or why should we hire you? I said, 
I don't want to sound cocky by any means, but I've been doing this for a while, and I guarantee you within the first month, I'm going to sit in your top 10 percentile of the team. I don't need to be number one. I don't need that. But I'm going to be on the, the stronger end of the spectrum. And sure enough, within that first month, I had the closing shifts. I had the section that had the added table, because that's a little bit more covers there, and I want to make some money, right? So anytime I go into anywhere at this point, too, I'm, how can I help you? Yeah. I do graphic design work. Let me do flyers. Do you want me to do a video? We could get a video going where we can start ramping up sales somewhere where maybe you're a little bit lackluster, maybe because you don't know how to do it or you don't really care about it or you think it doesn't matter. But look at all the bars and restaurants that are like really winning right now are the ones that are very social media forward. They're taking beautiful photos. They're putting out different ideas and they're showing video with it about what they're doing. And like people are flocking to this because we're at the time period where this is how you get noticed, really, no? So I mean, I get what you're saying, but you could also just have a reputation for doing things really well. And then you don't need that social media presence. Yeah, you're correct. But I think that's a slow game. To your point, if someone's getting in their if they're getting perceived their perception is that they're getting dropped, right? Like you were mentioned, that they didn't get a good section or whatever. If someone is has the perception that management scheduling less or you got taken off the bar you know on the floor you should probably ask you know what are what's going on like is you know am i am i am i not performing to a certain level that you're expecting like what can i improve why did this happen and it, to be honest usually you if you're going from the bar and you get dropped to the floor it would kind of signify like either you're not fast enough your your sales aren't good enough because you're behind the bar your sales got to be you know you got to be on top of that yeah. and you got to be fast enough to you know Keep up with the to output. Keep up with the service bar and all that stuff, right? So those are the two things um, that you want to be focused on. Usually that would be the reason you get dropped from the bar. We're in a weird time right now where floor staff is short, where you might drop a bartender just because you need to fill floor shifts, and it's not a it's not a slight on the bartender. It's just like I need to get someone on the floor. Right. You know, I need you to take a couple floor shifts here and there. So that, but if you feel like you're getting slighted in some way or whatever, you should probably go to management and say ask those questions. And I think typically if they were at the point where they're changing your schedule based on your performance, they're probably going to have a conversation with you before it gets to that point, hopefully. you know, right, right. That shouldn't be the first point of contact where you realize maybe there's something wrong going on. And actually, like, ask. Don't say it from, like, a hostile, you yeah. know, mind frame where you just walk in and you start screaming. Like, you have to have a proper conversation like For an sure. adult yeah. because the last thing you want to do is rub anybody furthermore the wrong way. You know, I'm so used to being in the bar where we all have our own separate numbers and low guy on the totem pole that is consistently underperforming everybody else is not getting the best shifts. For sure. They might be the ones that are getting cut first and it shows that they're slower than everybody else. You uh, start you start coming to me complaining and crying and stuff. I'm without making any improvements. I immediately stop listening. Yeah. And then you actually do get dropped down. If if you did if there wasn't an actual reason that you got dropped down. Yeah, there's a reason. And you start, that's it. So at what point just too with comps? Say that and employees not able to keep the tables happy, make sure that the flow of business is happening okay, and uh, there's a lot of comps starting to show up. Uh, at what point are you just taking them off the floor altogether, uh, or are you first, having the first one? What do you mean? Just the first comp, like yeah, oh, we first, had a comp twenty dollars. There's, there's not an acceptable one, like for service. Yeah, like just straight service. Like there's a difference, right? Like if they made a mistake and they put a burger in, or you know, a steak cooked incorrectly, and they made a mistake, that's one thing. But if you're talking about someone complaining about the service. And I got a comp service. Well, it's a com I think it's a combination of everything a little bit. Well, no, there's a difference. No, yeah, you, there's definitely a difference. If you just there's made a mistake, like an honest mistake, and you, if someone ordered a medium rare steak and you put medium well, 
right? But I'm saying consecutively this happens. Well, but no, but there's a difference. Because if it's a service comp mm-hmm. where someone's complaining about the service, then you get one. You get I mean, if somebody's complaining about your attitude or the way you yeah. present yourself at the table. Like, there's not a consecutive. Was that one in the hard finger that just got raised a strike? Or was no, that? No, no, no. There's no place for that. Yeah. You do not get an attitude with the table. You know, like if someone says, oh, my server, you know, had an attitude, was not nice, whatever, that's it. Okay, sure. There's now, no, correct. There's no, like, that's service. There's related. no, like. No, I get that side. But say that they had an issue with the service period. Maybe they felt neglected, whatnot. Like, not necessarily they had an attitude with me. They just weren't performing up to what I wanted on my visit to go out to eat. Maybe, you know what maybe I mean? Maybe twice then. So. Uh, yeah, one or one time it happened, second time defines a pattern in and maybe, then maybe twice. And then if so you get to a point where a guest feels like they have to come to management and ask for some, like your the service was so off that the guest feels like they have to ask for a manager to talk about the service. This is like a serious offense. So then take this then too. Maybe twice, and take you only get twice if you have like a like a history, right? Like if you've been here for a little bit, and I and I have some kind of oh uh, well, I know that she's not, you know, like maybe yeah. she's having an off day. I know she's usually or he's usually one of our top servers or something, then maybe you get an extra try. So then say that there's a if repeat. If you're within a month, you, you don't even. A repeat situation of where the food is being rang incorrectly as well. Like what, what's the threshold that. here? You get a little more than that. Because that, that could be a mistake because you get overloaded yeah. one time or something like that. You know, like that. And that also depends on the level. Like there's there's honest mistake because it's busy and you're just running around. Or yeah. there's there's also just like not paying attention, carelessness. Yeah. You know, there's a, and it all builds up. I can't say that there's a number. It's not like three times, you know. It's, Depends it's, on the severity of the infraction. It's case by case yeah. and frequency. I don't know. There's not a f- exact formula for it. You so do have to, like, write it down, though. Like, you know, if it's a thing, just keep track of it. All right. Not so write it down. I don't listen, write it down. If, you, if your schedule's getting cut, if things are looking a little bit crazier than what you're used to, ask questions, not in a hostile mind frame. Walk in, have a conversation like an adult ask some questions, and get to the bottom of it there. It saves time, communication. Make you more money at the end of the day as well. With that don't, being said. Don't, don't try to communicate, though, like in the middle of service. <laughs> Not the right time. Just throw that out there. Don't walk in on like Friday night, 7.30, <laughs> be like, hey, can I talk to you about my schedule? Nope. With that being said, the, New York Prime other, Beef. One, no, one other thing before we get to that. The, also the worst thing to do is to walk in the beginning of the shift and say, I have to talk to you later about something. Eat that. I hate it. Just let it build up all day. Yeah, but you know, I make them speak. Anybody, speak. Com- anybody comes up to me, they're like, uh, I need to talk to you later. I'm like, speak. And they're like, no, later. I'm like, you said it now. Now. And I, they're like, but people around. So? Speak. Yeah. Speak now. Yeah. Speak. What you do you ever, want? You ever be in a relationship where that happens and then you're just like sitting there wondering what you're about to have talk about like in thing. an hour? Speak. speak. <laughs> it's the new one. Speak. Right now. <laughs> uh, listen, NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. They've got awesome meats. What kind of meats can you get, Nooms? You can get some uh, dry-aged Wagyu. You can get some lamb chops. Wow. You can get some pork chops. The nice Like Berkshire. thick, sexy cuts. Thick, sexy Berkshire Heritage pork chops. Things that go on, like, grills. Crab exactly. Ca- crab cakes? You got some crab cakes. Maybe things that get sous vide. You can get some uh, all-beef hot dogs. This is the perfect timing because uh, Memorial Day weekend's right around the corner, so... So time to get all this stuff. Yeah, if you're not ordering from Smokehouse, call New York Prime Beef. NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. Use Fries 15. They'll ship it straight to your door. $200 gets you free FedEx delivery shipped to your door. Love Dry it. ice. Like nice super fast. Ready to go. Just 15% right there. 15% off. 15% off your total order. Fries 15. Go. NewYorkPrimeBeef.com. Also, support the show. Patreon.com slash waiting on fries. Grab a tier. Uh, if you're an advertiser also, I think there's a little section in there where you can reserve a month of ad space too. Right? Let's talk.
Don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button because, you know, algorithms.